listeners, welcome to Talk and Block. I'm your co-host Megan. I'm Mitch, and we are the biggest blockheads outside of Australia. We are Canadians living currently in Boston, Massachusetts, and we're here to talk block. We're here to talk living room, dining room reveals. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk domain listing videos. We're here to talk lounges. We're here to talk feng shui. We're here to talk explosive new theory about what's actually going on with Vito. And we are here to break down very interesting podcast uh, with Shayna and Darren. It's all here. It's all block. Let's get stuck in. Okay, so the first thing this week was uh, Tanya and Vito hitting the high pages lever, calling in reinforcements to get their sunken lounge done. Now, this was a very interesting thing. I, I think the idea is pretty good. They kept banging on about how they had, as soon as they got into the house, they said, the first thing we got to do, sunken lounge. We know we need a sunken lounge. Uh, but that's not true. We have it on tape in a previous episode that they wanted a pool and they couldn't get their pool done because Ronnie and Georgia beat them to the game changer plan thing. So they had to go back and come up with a new idea. And then they came up with the sunken lounge. So I don't know why they'd lie about this or maybe it's just a weird editing trick, but it just, I, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's not a big deal. I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's possible they did walk into the house and say, we want a sunken lounge. I guess. But they just yeah. had no idea how much it would cost and that they would eventually need you to. You couldn't, you, yeah, there's no way you could afford that without it being your game changer because it's it was an enormous lift to an get that done. An enormous and extraneous yeah. lift, yeah. Yeah. The revelation that the, the contestants had to finish their laundries or pay the price later. Right. Yeah, because of the cheating scandal, they had to get their laundries ready for the kinsman people to put in the cabinetry. Okay, fine. It's extra work. Everybody's kind of got to do it. I do want to say that was a piece of brilliant editing when Ronnie was calling who actually did it. And everybody yeah. was completely correct and it was edited so well. I, I actually just want to take a moment to appreciate the editors. The editing is amazing on the, the block. Editors, this is something that it's all year world. in, year out, it's something I truly appreciate about the show. The music's always really modern and cool. Apropos, the edi- apropos, sorry. <laughs> the, the editing, they're just interesting ways to move between shots, interesting wipes, interesting transitions. It's always cool. A lot of I, Easter I eggs, it. a lot of inside a lot jokes. Of Easter, yeah, exactly, exactly. It's always um, entertaining. But so, sorry, so getting back to this this laundry scandal, I I actually I want to touch a little bit on a theory that I developed. Okay. I think I know what is going on with Vito. <laughs> okay, Vito's because... completely inexplicable behavior at every turn. It, Vito Vito's an interesting guy because I can't figure out how to relate to him. And he seems like a space alien to me, like the way he, that he interacts with the other contestants, the way he interacts with the crew. I know, okay, he got really mad and was really uncomfortable. Uh, fair play, he apologized for that. But it's just the, the, the way he chooses to talk and the things he chooses to right. do. Like in the are, back, the, the conversation between Tanya, Vito, Ronnie, and Georgia backstage. Yeah. Yes, at HQ. That we got yeah. at HQ. Ronnie and Georgia just saying the same things they've been saying. Yes, all they're saying, look, camera. you don't like us, fine. Just be open about be it. Be open about it. We don't yeah. need to be friends. Don't be fake. Yeah. Um, but then Vito was just mortified when he thought that his behavior might have been captured by the mic. It's strange. And and of course him like flinging his arms out, going, who, who took well, the photo, Ronnie? Who for, took it? First he says, look, we didn't get... We didn't get an advantage from the photo. Like th- that's, that's fine. That's not technically the point. well technically true because the rooms weren't in the running, but you actually did get an advantage. You just didn't take advantage of it because you're because <laughs> you're a rookie. Fine. Right. But then Ronnie's like, well, who took the photo? And he didn't he didn't say anything. He just throws his arms out wide. Like, how could you ask that question? What what could that question possibly mean? It's <laughs> the what, most what are you talking question. about? It's such a natural question. You, uh, 
It's, yeah. it's inexplicable the way they're well, acting about this No, it is explicable. I figured it out. Okay, go ahead. Vito never wanted to be on the block. This okay. was Tanya's project from day one. Mm-hmm. And she coaxed and prodded until Vito agreed to sign on to this. He probably has never maybe seen the block at all. I mean, we know from Tanya that she didn't watch Lorraine and Georgia's season. Well, so we have a blockhead yeah. this year. Or, uh, sorry, a contestant on the block who wasn't a f- true blockhead. Like, hasn't really been watching the recent season. You're absolutely you right. And, you're, and, and to fit in, just to fit in with your theory here, he didn't know who Fabian was. Yeah, exactly. He's like that, the yes. most famous he Tyler ever. I don't think Vito's ever watched an episode of The Block before this. That's why he's confused that he's on camera. That's why he was totally ill-prepared when it came to managing a build. Like, he, he rocked up. He didn't know. Maybe Tony even lied about what the show would be about. <laughs> we know Tony's capable of lying. Um, so I think that that's what happened. She was, she really wanted to be on. I actually read an article that she wants to be a big star. I don't care. This was the Daily Mail. So let's take this with a whopping serving of of salt. But it was saying that Tanya wants to be on TV again Mm. after the block. Okay. So maybe she saw this as an opportunity to launch her career. So she coaxes poor unsuspecting Vito into it. That's the only way that his behavior can be explained is that he had no idea what the block was (laughs) when he signed up. Well, it's a very bold theory. We may never know. We may never know the truth, but I'm just, I'm dropping it here. Yeah. You here to hear first? <laughs> well, anyway, they hit the high pages lever to call in reinforcements for the sunken lounge. Good plan. But the whole high pages lever thing is so bizarre to me. It, the way they present it, like the conceit of the lever is you pull it and then Scotty appears. Scotty appears and calls. He just gets on the app and whoever's available like rocks up. It's <laughs> he has so, his glasses on. He's posting so the ridiculous. ad. Like every time you watch that, next time you next time you see them pull the lever, just pay attention. Like he he pulls up the app and he's like, okay, so he's like taking pictures of the space on his phone. Like, okay, well, you, you know, we're gonna need some chip rockers. You know, we're gonna need some plaster, whatever, and. I, I hope someone's available. Oh, you know, what if no one's available? Well, there's always someone like, available of course, on because high they, pages. Right. But come on. And then, of course, Builder Matt. Like, Matt the premier the builder in all of Melbourne <laughs> is just rocking up in his high pages vest. <laughs> he was just like, what's he Netflix doing? At home. Yeah, he's just hanging out. Oh, geez. A job came up. And it's the block? <laughs> wow, what a, yeah, what a is, lucky this coincidence. This is the same Matt that was actually too busy to be Tess and Luke's full time right. builder when they needed a well, builder. Well, he's obviously he was like, too busy. he's a legit builder. He's really good. Yeah, but and he's also just rocking. It's, so, so, what, like, what's it actually happening what do you think is actually happening with the high pages lever like do they have a a whole fleet of guys just waiting that if someone pulls a lever they come on or or what like what's going on listeners we want to hear from you what do you think is actually happening because because the the way that it's presented yeah the way that it's presented is so ridiculous that just makes me laugh the domain challenge the listing challenge making the video um i suppose these videos will be used to actually sell the house or something they'll we be on the checked. website I, presumably we could just go watch them i I, I gotta say i'm not interested at all in these things i don't care at all about making the videos i didn't think any of them were that good i don't care about this oh i liked it i i enjoyed it i found it entertaining i think um having them have to to present their home is interesting yeah speaking I, of the presentations we actually got some data here on the number of bedrooms and parking spaces at each house yeah and i was very interested to learn that the boys have two parking spaces so when they were talking about a single garage to them that's very interesting single Um, garage does so is it a single garage two spark parking spots like one after another parked in a line 
rather I, than I side mean, by side. I mean, it remains side? to be seen, but basically a lot of the other houses, like I'm pretty sure Ronnie and George's only had two spots or one of the other three, Kirstie, Jesse, Ronnie and Georgia, Mitch and Mark, Tony yeah. um, Vito, one of them also had only two spots, but it was this huge hullabaloo about Julian Brenchley saying, oh, you shouldn't change the garage. You shouldn't change the garage. You need that double garage. Like, do you, all the other contestants, or at least some of the other contestants don't have a four car garage. Yeah, this Two is... is sufficient. And it would have actually been a huge um, liability to only have three bedrooms. The yes. boys were right. Yeah, the boys are completely because vindicated. everybody has four bedrooms except Tanya and Vito now. And look, we have to eat some humble pie because when we got that clip that kept going around, and it was like, I think, that, you know, it's actually a really dumb idea, Julian it's saying. It's actually a pretty dumb one. That's, <laughs> I don't think that's it's right. a very good idea. In fact, I think it's a pretty dumb one. Yes, that's the clip. And I was on board. I was thinking, yeah, these dumb boys. You just listen. Like, and I, can, I, remember, I remember thinking, if we were on the block, we would have listened. And we we're we're going to get advice from everybody we can. Totally. We would have listened. We wouldn't have swapped it. And they were right to bet on they themselves right. and swap yeah, it. They were right. I think Julian was probably also thinking about how difficult all yes, the council trips. The also, they did have to cut in. They had to lay that whole slab and cut in and put the plumbing underneath. It's an enormous amount of work. Right. Uh, but it was right to get four bedrooms. It's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing, the, I think the reason I don't really care for the domain stuff, almost any of the domain stuff from any of the seasons, is because it doesn't matter. The people, I think I would care a lot more if anybody who was watching these videos was making a choice to buy one of these houses because they saw a video or because they were, what, leafing through the domain magazine and they're like, oh, this house looks good. Maybe I'll buy it. Like, that's not how any of these houses are being sold. They're, well, they're so expensive. Well, they're all being sold to that guy. They're all being sold that to, like, really, that one really, really rich guy. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to buy all five uh, this year. No, I, I really am hoping and I'm quietly confident they've changed the rules because it was embarrassing last year. The, the auction last year was really stupid. They had one guy buy, what, three of the five houses? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And one of the five houses, the winning house, went to someone who was a scammer. Yeah. So it's it's uh, it it's kind of ruins some of the show when that happens. Because it's about trying to... The, the whole show, we're, the judges are in there like, oh, are we adding value? Are we appealing to a broad market? It doesn't matter if you're appealing to a broad market. You know, there's only three people in Melbourne who are going to ever buy your house. Right. If it's at this price point. So I, I don't really care for this domain stuff. Right. I mean, and, and at this point, the buyer's advocates are showing up mid-season. So we already know that the buyer's advocates are going to be the ones that are... Yes. Well, th those are the... I don't know. I guess maybe that's a really small market for buyer's advocates yeah. for really expensive houses. Anyway. Okay. Moving on. There's a couple other things I want to get to before we dive into the rooms. Mm -hmm. Keith, total inconsistent application of the rules here, <laughs> calling up Jace for caulking with a paintbrush when the boys have been flaunting the rules for several weeks. They've had Olivia in a few times. Yep. They've had their tradies painting. Well, one time they did. Yeah. One time they had their tradies yep. painting. Um, there was not a there was not a peep from Keith. No, Keith. In any of those we, any of those instances, and Mitch and Mark, who are really excellent competitors. I mean, they they did have that kind of sketchy thing the other week where they were ordering Ziploc in ah. advance, which okay. Um, well, it was basically nothing. They were just too far ahead, and they said it's not really against the rules, but there's just physically not enough space to store everything if everybody did it. Right. It's just it's just not a big deal. And yeah, the idea that Jason would be painting in the middle of the day, it's so ridiculous. Plus, that Jason comes down from the scaffold, he's holding the paintbrush that he was using. You mm -hmm. can just look at it and see, oh, what is physically on the brushes? Right. What's there? Well, it's not paint. So the whole thing could be done in five seconds instead of... 
I guess it didn't last that long, even in real life, quote unquote. But they, there was the argument, oh, we're going to shut you down for half an hour or not. It's just manufactured. I think Mark yeah, was right. Manu- it was manufactured. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark was saying, it was an interesting comment where Mark was like, look, you're just trying to create drama. Yeah. You kind of can get windows into the behind the scenes um, relationships occasionally in the tone of voice. And there, I think when Mark was addressing Keith, it was really interesting sort of breaking the, the fourth wall where he was mm-hmm. like, look, you're just trying to create drama. And this kind of links up with us discovering for the first time, at least you and I discovering yes. for the first time that there were those super builders on the site. Yes. Aiden and whatever, the, the kind of the quote unquote true builders yeah. that we never heard of before. So we, Keith and Dan are like just the TV builders. Right. Well, they're the foremen. Uh, so they're not technically the builders. They? But they're also builders, qualified builders in their own right. But sure. it's interesting that they... It seems like they're fulfilling this role of occasionally stirring up drama. You yes, know, and I mean they're doing a lot of TV hits. Really they're the selling stops. like McCafe. They right. got to do that. Right. They got to do all the TV stuff, mm-hmm. and I guess they do the inspections. But a I lot don't of know. native advertising. <laughs> Maybe there's other inspections too from the real builders. Right. Who right. knows? Because it's their licenses. Apparently, everything is on their licenses. Right. So who's going to inspect it? Right. So very interesting. It kind of. Um, changes my perception of Keith a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. But we haven't talked about Kirsty and Jesse yet. Uh, they have it's like seven rooms on the go. It's just an enormous lift for them. And oh every time goodness. you see their room reveal, it's always the dirt and then a really nice room at the end. So <laughs> yeah, I, it's incredible what they're doing. They're Absolutely. That's off. Yeah. Um, but they're in a lot of money trouble. They calculated, at least for the cameras, that they're about $30,000 in the hole, or where they will be by the time if they actually complete all their houses or all their rooms. Um, and I have a plan. Christian Jesse, if you're listening in the past, because all of you what you should do is sell your Gaginal fridges that you want. They're worth $100,000. Sell them to Ronnie and Georgia, who have all this money. Sell them for like half price. $50,000, Gaginal fridges go across the road, you get $50,000, you can complete your house, everybody's happy. This is an unironic good plan. It's a great plan, but you know what? Maybe they do do that. We'll have to wait and see. If they do, that's why I need to get it on tape. I could say, but I think we got to go to break mm-hmm. and then break down the judging for this week. Yeah. So we did a little bit of sleuthing this week, and we found a podcast that Shayna Blaze hosts called Homestyle with Shayna Blaze. I mean, she Shayna. I mean, it's it's tried to get. She <laughs> she's, was. She's very, trying uh, to get listeners. Yeah, she is tweeting about it. She's trying to get everybody to listen to it. Okay. Not a lot of sleuthing. Okay. Regardless, on this episode, they had Darren Palmer as a mm-hmm. guest, Dessa. And he went through his criteria for judging rooms on the block. Now, we've been ragging a lot on the judges and um, kind of the meaninglessness of their scale. Yeah, and they've been listening because this podcast, (laughs) they've clearly been listening because they uh, address how they get a lot of criticism for the way that they judge. Now, let's listen here to Darren telling us what his criteria are for judging rooms. You know, Shana, you know that my judging is quite mathematical. Like, I've got four criteria. You know, one is design. So that's how they plan and lay out their spaces. One is inclusions. So that's the furniture and decor and stuff that goes into it. One is the finish, right? So that's how well done it is, whether the paint's you know messy and whether it needs a sand or whatever. And then one is appropriateness to the market. All right, so that's Darren explaining his rationale for how he judges. That all sounds great. 
it sounds perfect. It sounds exactly how you'd want like to have the these judges. I like the idea of a mathematical rubric. Absolutely. Rubric. It's too bad it doesn't seem to be the way he actually judges rooms or that Shayna and Neil judge rooms. They don't seem to break... Uh, I wish he would break down his, his scores into these four criteria. Yeah, two and a half points for each. Maybe tell us what, how he's giving two and a half points for appropriateness. Oh, I'm, o- I'm only giving you, you know, seven and a half because it's totally not appropriate, but everything else is perfect. That never happens. They never get a score again below seven. I think there was one six and a half this week or this year. So this is, this is not really true. Unless, I guess, the one, to play devil's advocate, he could be judging. It, so it's all about the scale. On what scale are you judging relative to what? Is he, maybe he has an all block judging scale that doesn't make any sense where he's judging all, but and then maybe that's why the scores creep up over time because back that's in sarah so and jason's season they're given zeros but right? when they so, didn't complete a room yeah but they were also giving really really low like i remember people getting under five yeah people before. would get bad marks i don't right? remember exactly which ones but you're right they would get bad it's marks possible it's just the rooms have improved over time and that's why the baseline has gone up but that doesn't make sense it because what's sense. the point of judging why right, are you exactly. judging the rooms? it's a competition you have to judge them relative to the other rooms you also that's have to judge have to them because you're trying to make them good to to make them be able to you want to sell them right it's not about protecting everybody's feelings like oh if i get a six i'm gonna my heart's gonna break it's like if the room is bad maybe it's a four out of ten it just but no but maybe he thinks that they are all saleable that's why this, he's giving them seven i actually don't agree that the rooms are all better i think they were getting better if you go back and watch a block from even five years ago or something like that the rooms are not as good they do get better and better and better but this season is not as good as the previous seasons i think it's the first time i've noticed that the rooms are not all of them better like i think in the Oslo season, the judges said, these are the five best kitchens we've ever seen. Right. And I think they were right. They were all amazing. But this season, I mean, we're seeing some rooms that are great, um, but a lot of them are kind of average. Anyway, back to the podcast. We actually did listen to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And Darren lost a few points in my eyes. He was quite <sighs> yeah. arrogant. He was talking about his story, how he got started as a designer, and he had this this quote. Mitch, do you want to read um, exactly yeah, da- what he said at one point? Dar- Darren's talking about his journey into uh, interior design, and I, I both him and Shayna, uh, they go on a lot about how when they give criticism, you want to receive it in a constructive way so you can learn from them, but they don't always give it in a constructive way. They've been a, way harsher to Mitch and Mark than it's just constructive criticism. And then maybe they're trying right. to make Words good TV. Like, that's dumb. Oh, like, oh, this is crap. I mean, that was that, to that the was twins. The but still, like, this is not all constructive. She called Mitch and Mark's design dumb. Yes, I mean, that's not, they have. Not, not a necessary they they call it a disaster. They, they, they're not, it's not all constructive criticism. But then when maybe we as fans and also as the contestants are giving um, feedback to them, you know, you could say and saying, well, we don't really respect their opinions or we don't like the way that they're judging. They they got really, they got their back up on this podcast mm-hmm. and they were not happy with the criticism. They kind of got, they kind of wanted to list all their credentials about how great they are at right. what they do. And, and we got the whole life story from Darren, who I've previously loved, yeah. you know, but this, this podcast, I thought he came across super arrogant. Um, it's the, it's the tone of the judging. It's not always constructive. That's something that I think they missed. And he, he said something at one point, Darren did. Yeah, this is the quote I asked for. Yeah, he said, um, I, I, I'm so good at, uh, interior design. It's something that comes naturally. What he said was, quote, I can see infinite detail in 3D. And we listened to him say this and kind of looked at each other like, what the heck are you (laughs) talking about? And then the next thing question we had was, 
well, you couldn't see that hole in Tommy <laughs> and Vito's kitchen yeah. window. Yeah, like made if you can see infinite detail so much, why are you not? Why, why can't you see the hole in the window? Why can't you see there's a missing latch? Why can't you see all the defects in the rooms right. that Dan notices the next day on Dan and Danny every single time, or the contestants yeah. in the walk-arounds, yeah. constantly noticing major details, major major faults with the rooms, and these don't just don't get noticed, I guess. Right, or maybe even they, with all his infinite they, detail, well, maybe eye. he did notice them, and they're in the report, and it just wasn't aired. Who knows? That is one of that, his. That's ver- true. Shana said that a lot of the judging doesn't get it through to editing. Absolutely, but the the scores speak for themselves. Right. So the main pith of their argument, Shana and Darren on this podcast, was they know how to sell houses. They know how houses have to look if you want to sell them. I believe them. But the thing about The Block is it's actually not a show about selling houses. We all think it is. It's actually a show about building houses. That's right. There's Majority one the episode. There's one episode a year where we auction it off. I mean, the whole season we're talking about you're building it. building up to it. Sure. But you're building the house. Right. The whole time. Three quarters of the episodes yeah. are building. One of them is reveal, which yeah. is fun, but it's not even selling. It's not a show about selling houses. It's a show about building houses, and we need a building judge. I'm so sure that the show would be better if we had even just Dan be yeah. like give every room a, a score out of three or yeah. something like that. Look, so I, I completely agree with you, and I want yeah. a building judge, but I am going to push back a little bit. I agree that the show is about building a house more than it is about selling a house for the viewers yes because that's the majority of the content we want to consume however channel nine has a vested interest in actually selling the houses and and so it behooves them to ensure that the contestants are constantly thinking about what sells the house in the end so that's why the judges are you know heavily weighted on what's going to be saleable versus what's the quality of the build. However, having said that, who wants to buy a house that's shoddily built? That's right. It Nobody. needs to have no defects if you want to sell it for right. millions of dollars. Exactly. And it goes back to my previous point of this actually isn't, there is no market for these houses. There's a market of like 10 people in all of Australia who are going to buy these houses and they buy the same houses every year. Yeah, it's the same people. It's the same people. Every it's, single time. So there's no, there's no reason to appeal to a wide audience. Well, quick sidebar here um, that I maybe have, have mentioned in a previous episode and I can't remember, but I actually think it would be interesting to change the format of... I understand that there's it's high drama to have an auction, but I think it might make more sense going forward if you had the sale done a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Like if you had a little bit more time to sell the house and, find, and recruit a buyer and list it for a while because... It just seems like this auction, it's all or nothing. Like if it doesn't go on that day. And and as you said, can the market yeah. really su- continue to support it? Last season, we had the same guy buying three houses oh, and a scammer. That was a, so was a huge disaster five, last season. Were, you know, it's just an incredibly limited pool of people that's actually showing up to bid on these. And I think going yeah. forward, they might have to re-examine the structure of Yeah, of I think I think the this. structure needs to be changed. I, I'd be, I'm interested to know what they changed for this year because I think something will have changed. I think it was probably embarrassing for them too. Um, I don't think I'm with you on your... I appreciate your suggestion, um, but I think you need some sort of dramatic pinnacle episode. It would be too anticlimactic. I I don't know if this would work because it maybe would be seen as a step backward, but I would like to see them make less luxurious houses, houses that are more affordable, maybe like a maximum price of a million bucks. The the problem is the prize pool is a lot less then. I get that. Yeah. Who wants to work for three months? Well, the pink, yeah, that's true. 20 bucks like uh, what was Mark and Duncan. Oh gosh. No, but they the pinch for a sandwich. <laughs> well, the, the pinch could be still budget, right? The budget has to matter. So have fewer sponsors, have fewer ways to get around the budget. The budget is real and you have to make nice houses on a limited budget that actually could be sold to a wide market rather than what we have here. 
think it's about time we got stuck into the rooms themselves. All right. So house one, Ronnie and Georgia living and dining. Meg, what are your thoughts? Well, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, I think it's masterful. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's, it's in a class of its own, especially with the kitchen put together yeah. as a whole. It's the soaring ceilings. I mean, it's, it's just really well thought out. You're not a broken record. You're consistent. And that's all we want in judging. We want consistency. <laughs> this is a fantastic room. It obviously fits the rest of the house perfectly because they planned the whole house. It's a stunning room. And it seems to be like them... Ronnie and Georgia and Mitch and Mark, like the all-stars are kind of in a different class. Like the, you can even tell just on TV that the finishes are not at the same level. Um, there's quibbles about some of the styling or whatever, but this is a, a, f a fantastic room. For me, it's all it's all tens. I guess they took off half a point for um, painting or something, but it's a fantastic room. It was laid out really well. Um, we discussed whether or not we liked having the dining room first or right next to the kitchen adjacent or not um i think we ended up agreeing maybe correct me if i'm wrong but i like the way they have it here with the dining room kind of off to the side and around the corner a little bit and that's because people will most of the time eat at the island unless you're having guests over and how many times are you having guests over like yeah as jimmy what? and tam pointed out the dining room is becoming, yeah it's obsolescing basically yeah yeah, yeah. people don't use it that much I yeah mean, it's so it's nice to have it kind of tucked away i mean it makes more sense maybe logically for it to mm -hmm. be near the kitchen but it makes sense from a practical standpoint of how yeah. people live that's not how you that it's just wasted space i mean even if you're having guests over once a week which you probably aren't there's 310 days a year where it's just you you know the people who live at the house and then it's just wasted space and to have that right there. The, the yeah, you're going to eat at the island, absolutely. I just want to pick up on a point you made just a moment ago. You said Mitch and Mark and Ronnie and Georgia are in a different class. Yeah. I actually would add Kirsty and Jesse to that mix. Yeah, okay. Um, I think this week, I mean, we'll get into it maybe in a second, but this week I think they're definitely on par with what Mitch and Mark delivered. I would say that the real standout, there's standout teams who are in kind of a, a lower caliber are the boys the twins and um and i mean i wish them no ill will i kind of pity them a little bit because i feel like they're sort of out of their depth here mm -hmm. the twins and tanya and Vito. Uh, yeah i don't think the rooms are out there they're not on the same level i agree i so, really don't think so, so sorry let's get let's do this in order let's get into mission mark yeah they copped some pretty harsh criticism this week, and yeah. I, I actually think it was warranted. The first thought I had when yeah. I saw the room was, what's that weird table doing in the middle of the room? And Gosh. Yeah, they've been getting a real caning from the judges almost every week or every second week. And this is the first time I really agreed with it. I, I'm with you, Meg. The ceiling is outstanding. You know, the finishes are going to be amazing because they have such a great building team. But there's something weird about this room. Like, you come in and... There's nowhere to go. There's a huge useless table. And I think Darren said he liked that vase, but that huge vase reminds me of the 80s. It just, I don't like it at all. Uh, there's something weird about when you look at this room, it doesn't look like it's all one room. It looks like it's what they said. The judges said vignettes. I think they were right. It just doesn't feel like it flows or it's all the same house. Yeah, I agree. Something I'm... weird. It just seems like everything's plopped down. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what, I don't know how I would fix it because I'm just some guy, but. Uh, so well, I think wrong you get with a little bit of insight. I mean, so there's two distinct elements to the room. There's mm -hmm. the architecture and the bones, and then there's the, the styling, the furnishings. Mm -hmm. And the bones are incredible. The, the cathedral yeah, ceiling is always. outstanding. So I think that they're actually not in trouble here. They could no, easily no. restyle. Yeah. 
because the furnishings are where it really falls apart and the planning of where the furnishings go, sort of the layout of the space. And you get an insight when Mitch is shopping, he's sort of just rattling things off. Like he's wandering through the store going, oh, I really like that table. Oh, I really like that table from the other day. And maybe there's more going on than we see, but it doesn't seem like it's as well planned out as, I don't know. the space doesn't hit me as as well planned out as as Ronnie and George's for sure I don't know I think it's planned I just don't think that his plan works here and it's the layout a bit like looking at this picture we're looking at this picture of the vantage point from the kitchen looking towards the living and dining room there that just like we were saying about how the dining room is better off to the side or because it's mostly wasted space the half of this room is it's dining day in day in day out it's wasted space so from a practical standpoint what are you gonna do with that it's wasted space yeah so uh, Tanya and Vito, we had the infamous sunk, the so famous this is, infamous sunken lounge. This is the winning living and dining room. Mm-hmm. Now, very interesting. Meg, do you think this is the winning living and dining room? I'll put you on the spot right now. No, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm sorry. It's not, I mean, it defeats the purpose of open plan. Okay, you can see oh, through man. the fireplace, but there's this huge wall obstructing. And that's that's fine if the sunken lounge is mm-hmm. kind of off to the side. Like, let's say you're entering the house. You know, you can see the kitchen and sort of an atrium area. Mm-hmm. And then off to the side, you have a more intimate lounge area with the sunken lounge. I like that. Yeah. You know, you can retreat to the lounge. This is the entrance of the house. This is the front door yeah. that opens onto the sunken lounge. That's not intimate. And you're missing the that beautiful effect of stepping into an atrium. Yeah, you're, you know what? You're quite right. There's something really weird about entering the door and there being immediately this huge, uh, off to the right, 90 degree angle from the way you're en- looking, this big sunken lounge uh, that you... I don't know, can you really enter it? You're coming in with your shoes. There's nowhere to put your coat. This is the same problem with Mitch and Mark, actually. There's no, like, closet. Maybe Ronnie and Georgia, too. I don't know where their I didn't, front Yeah, door I didn't is. see where their front door is. Like, maybe rich people don't have closets, and they're always clean or something. Like, where do you put your shoes? Where do you put your coat? <laughs> <laughs> you have to, what do you do, what do you do when you come in? So, I, I, the, the lounge itself, I, I love it. It's really comfortable. It looks awesome. I would love to spend time in there and watch TV and just live life in that sunken lounge it looks really cool yeah. uh, i don't like the layout at all i think it's weird to have this the, the room separated like this where you you have this separated lounge room and then you move across past the fireplace to a little seating area just there to look at the fireplace and then the table isn't very nice that is weird my... the seating area i mean there's another there's a second tv there actually but the, right. the seating is really still oh there's a tv there comfortable yeah, there's a oh, second huge TV that's interesting there. because didn't the judges two go on and on about how in Mitch and Mark's the TV can't be right above the fireplace? Yeah, and then we're giving tens to Tanya yep. Vito. This is the exact same thing. Yeah. There's this there's this scandal. I don't know. It's just not a scandal, but there's some. There's got to be some pushing of the producers to say, look, they they haven't had a win. If they're close, this has be let's their just week. let them yeah. have it. Yeah, and to me, the biggest offender in this room is the Swiss cheese ceiling, oh, which it's I can't unsee. Absolutely awful. It's a slice of Swiss cheese. <laughs> <It really is. laughs> Darren loves these circular Velux for some reason, like specifically he does. But they look, the more you see them, the more weird they are. Like when, they, when we first saw the first ones in the kitchen, I thought they were kind of cool. Never seen those before. And now you have those three, like the getting larger ones. Then you have uh, like the five in a row slice or whatever. Yeah, it looks like 
when you see them all together, it looks a bit random and like you said, and again, like a slice it of clashes cheese. to me with the shapes of the other windows. So you many have that, shapes. That ovular window, and then you have the triangular window. Too many shapes. All the circular windows, and then the table. To me, it's not nicer than the IKEA table that we eat dinner at. It's, it's not in the same class as the other tables that were being judged this week. And it's a ten out of ten. I yeah, don't know. And the same criticism for. Um, the organization of dining versus living areas. The dining yes. here is adjacent to the kitchen, yes. but in real life, you want to be able to talk to somebody who's maybe relaxing on a nice sofa while you're cooking dinner, right? You want to talk to your guests who are maybe having a drink on the sofa. You're in the kitchen. The kitchen's the heart of the home. You want to have your yeah. kind of living space adjacent to the kitchen. Yes, I agree with you, Meg. And, and it's not. this is the opposite way. The boys, the twins, we're going to get to in just a second got a lot of grief for having that organized the opposite way right so yeah who knows anymore speaking of the twins let's move on to the twins i really feel bad for them this week they don't know how to fill a space it was said on the show i agree they they don't know what to put in there it, this little tiny little yeah. black service table that they have against the um, venetian plaster wall it is way too small for this wall it looks <laughs> comical the venetian plaster is really nice um, the the color scheme I had no problem with it. The judges pointed out that it wasn't good or something, but I I, I wouldn't have noticed that. I wonder if they didn't get the dimensions of the table quite right. I mean no, Christian Cole's making it, and maybe they didn't. They just said, look, make us a dining room table that fits eight, make it circular, whatever. But didn't really measure that or something because. It's just sort of plopped down in the middle of the room and there's nothing to look at. Well, it's actually a blessing for them, though, because it's going to fit really well in that little... Where the, when they yeah. switch the layout, yeah, they'll it's switch it. look really nice. Yeah, it'll look nicer over there. They need, like, lots of luxurious, comfy seating. What are these awkward, like, uncomfortable... Yeah. And this was $1,800, this chair? You can't even recline oh, it. Oh, this happens every single season. Somebody does their living room and they just have one dinky little couch or something or a four-seater or a six-seater. Just, if you're on the block, get enormous couches with big L's and so many places to sit. The lounge was a great idea for that reason. Yeah, Even if you didn't yeah. have the lounge, you should have that enormous couch just so people can relax. It's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so they, it's too small. The seating area is too small and they haven't filled the space, but that's okay because the space is finished properly. And well, yeah, um, but it's just, yeah. again, they're just in a different league in terms of design. It is, it is a different league. Like yeah. They have this, they asked the, the worker, lady about the interior design and she was like oh well, you know use the tan couch against the navy feature wall and you know i'm looking at a picture of it and it's nice but it's not like you need something else you need something else in that room in that space it needs to be styled differently it just looks so plain and underfilled undercooked it's definitely a little bit undercooked this meal would anyway say. um christy and jesse amazing if i had to pick one of the spaces to actually live in i would probably pick theirs it's so cozy it's the most homey it feels like a home yeah it's the most homey for sure they they did a really nice job here look the the couch is so huge and comfortable you want to just lie on it the i i personally don't know if i'm totally on board with their style like i get the appeal but they had the way they their, their chairs i don't really like the chairs that they choose for the the dining room and also for the kitchen the really high back it for some reason it, it's a little bit too formal for me yeah, I also don't love the like the striped wall with the little formal seating area. Yeah. These seating areas, like, do they really get used? So, where you have these two little awkward chairs. Totally agree. Like they're decor. giving they gave people grief for it looking like a Greek flag. I don't think it looks like a Greek flag. I think that part looks really good. Uh, but what do you do? Why would you ever sit there? What's the point? You have this big beautiful couch just over there. You have the seating area in the kitchen right next to it. So what am I doing sitting in the I blue? I guess overflow if you have like a huge oh, party. <laughs> just like if you're living there day to day, why would I ever sit in this little spot? It reminds me of 
a couple years ago, Courtney and Hans, they had this enormous master suite and they didn't know how to fill it. They had the big king bed or whatever in one end and then they just put a little seating area at the other end yeah. and, and Neil gave them grief for like, why would I sit here? And again, why would I sit here? What's the point of this? There's not a there's not a bookshelf. There's not a desk. There's just a little coffee table. That's a waiting room, if anything is. And I guess they skate by with that. So, Mitch, shall we rank the rooms this week? Let's rank them. Let's change the format um, to emulate Dan and Danny. Sure. We'll do champs and chumps. Champs and chumps. Instead of ranking all five. Sure. So, Mitch, your champs? My champs? Absolutely no brainer for me. It is Ronnie and Georgia again. I'm sorry. I love them, so I'm biased. I like them as people, but also I think they make fantastic rooms. Um, close runner up is for me, Christian Jesse. I, I just gave them grief, but I, I like their room a lot. And um, I, I guess I'll give my champs. I agree with you. My okay. chance are running in awesome. as well. Love it when we agree. Chumps. Chumps. It's the it's the twins. Come on, that space. Yeah, and for like, me. Like I gave a lot of grief to Tanya and Vito there, but I would. I mean, I would really enjoy sitting in that lounge. The lounge is yeah. It's yeah, beautiful. I, I would enjoy living in that house more than I would enjoy living in Josh and Luke's house. So yeah. Oh, actually, though, chumps. I will say I forgot to say this when we were talking about Tanya and Vito's room, but. Not great for kids, the sunken lounge. I think it's like good for kids. A little baby. Okay, no, when they're you have to have like tiny little baby gates on each side of the sunken lounge. <laughs> when, <laughs> when they're when they're a one year old, yeah. yeah. But when they're a three year old, like our yeah, three year old, okay. she'd love that. Yeah, she'd be jumping into the under sunken one year lounge. Old, it wouldn't be good. No, that part is bad. But you know, so keep I, an eye I, on them. Sorry, but I do agree with you. Josh and Luke are the chumps. Chumps. that's our show for today thanks so much for listening before we go we want to give a shout out to kate who sent us in yes her all-time five top teams six even six even so we're actually gonna keep you on tenterhooks we're gonna reveal that next week so we're giving all of you who have not everyone but kate we're giving you one last chance to send us your all-time all-star teams we're gonna tantalize you with one more of ours yes we're gonna drop it right here right now Alice from Demine. Alice from Demine with the A2 Milk guy. Just, what a team. <laughs> <laughs> just joking. Seriously, though, uh, we're going to drop Dan and Danny as one of our All-Star They'd be great. Teams. They've been They'd All-Stars be they before. They did cheat, which I'll never forgive them for in, on their on season. On the All-Star season, yeah. Um, but I actually think they'd legitimately be entertaining. Oh, they'd be great. So we're going to talk about that next week. Please get us your entries in. Follow us on social, Talk and Block on Twitter. We're Talk and Block on Instagram, nascent in Instagram anyway. And get, send us an email at talkandblock at gmail.com. Let's, Let's get, get stuck, stuck out of it. it.